Welcome, everyone. I'm Hale Hentges, sitting alongside Adam Petrus, and you're listening to Chalk Talk, a podcast series in which we analyze the wide world of sports and entertainment through the unique vantage point of technology and business. Adam, thank you again for joining us as we continue to talk about Zebra and the NFL. How are you doing today? Hey, Hale, I'm doing great. Uh, it is fantastic to be back with you here on Episode 5, talking about the NFL Draft. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, Adam. Thank you for asking. It was certainly a, a very fun and entertaining draft. Um, hope everyone enjoyed it out there. And I think, you know, there are a lot of really interesting things that happened and things that will continue to drive this narrative of sports and technology through the offseason and into the season. So I'm looking forward to diving into it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you talk about sports, you talk about the NFL, and you talk about technology coming together. Certainly Zebra, the official on-field provider of player tracking for the National Football League, just finished our eighth season, getting ready to go into our ninth season. We know that the teams are using the game day data to assess current talent. We know that at the Combine, in a beta sense, they were utilizing our RFID solution Um in the pilot sense, and I'm hopeful that come next year it'll be a full-blown uh, series where that data will be tied into the the broadcast, the fan appreciation, and also for the players' benefit. Um, and so we know that you know there are colleges using player tracking information, and certainly the teams and the scouts were looking at that. Um, but yeah, there's there's no you know. Three, four days like the NFL draft. And I got to say, I loved how you put it, uh, Hale. What I saw on LinkedIn was, you know, welcome to the uh, official uh, three day, uh, three day weekend, three day weekend we call the NFL draft. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's really what it is. And the NFL has done a great job of turning that into really a spectacle for oh, everyone goodness. to be able to, you know, just the, the different sites that people go to. I mean, I remember couple years ago when it was in Nashville, right? I mean, just the town shutting down and doing a great job of just kind of turning it into an, an, an event, right? For people there, people watching at home. And that's really what it should be, right? These players that are getting ready to embark on this new journey and, you know, just an important piece of, of you know, continuing to uh, love and appreciate the sport that we all have come to cherish football. And that's Something that, um, you know, it, it deserves to have that kind of notoriety. So it's been nice to see it be elevated in status. Yeah, well, there's no question the NFL has figured out the formula of there is no NFL offseason. I mean, there's NFL year round, right? It's Absolutely. it's the draft. It's, or it's the combine. It's the draft. It's the lead up to this. It's uh, spring training um, with OTAs. Yeah, they, uh, they, they make it exciting year round. And, and to your point, you know, Las Vegas, um, what a place for a draft, right? You know, I was supposed to have been there, uh, but I had to pivot, um, for business purposes to attend some meetings uh, in Indy, um, around the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and the Indy 500. So it's, uh, one of those painful things I had to do is miss the draft and go to Indy, um, to the brickyard. So, uh, I made out okay, but yeah, yeah let's, let's get into it here, huh? Hey, let's talk about about, um, you know, what were some of the surprises um, and or things that you loved uh, seeing that some of the teams did? Yeah, let's, I'll, I'll probably just start off with some uh, some of the surprises. So right off the bat, you know, if, if <laughs> yeah. listeners go back to uh, what I had mentioned, you know, in uh, the, the previous, um, you know, podcast, I'm really surprised Aiden Hutchinson wasn't drafted first overall. So he goes second yeah. to the Lions and, you know, good for the Lions, right? I don't know if they were planning on that happening, but if not, in my opinion, I think they got the best player in the draft. 
But obviously, you know, Jacksonville has to draft for what they need and what, you know, what they're seeing. And, and to them, you know, obviously that was uh, not Aiden. And so, you know, obviously I think the Lions came out really good on that. And then, you know, they followed up with the number 12 pick overall, Jamison Williams, who I'm a huge fan of being an Alabama guy. Um, who I think just had one of the best seasons, you know, anyone has had at receiver in a really long time, especially at a place like Alabama where there's just incredible weapons all around. So I think those two picks by the Lions just kicked it off to a phenomenal day one for them. Uh, and I think they had a really good draft. So I'll mention them as just kind of a surprise, but also, um, you know, I think they, they came out really good. What about you? Well, hey, I'm right there with you. Um, you know, we both anticipated Adrian Hutchinson as the best player in the draft available. Look, you know, I live here in Jacksonville Beach, uh, Jaguars radio and then the news here is all local. I think there were some dis- disappointed fans who thought that they missed out. Um, but look, let's, let's give, you know, Trayvon Walker his yeah. due. You know, the guy's a Swiss army knife in the capacity to play anywhere along the line. Um, but let's see how he's going to do as an edge rusher and let's see, if um, he can bolster up that that defense, so we'll have to see. But I'm with you. I, I I'm excited and I'm hopeful that the, that the Detroit Lions will come back to be a formidable um, unit this coming season. It's been a long time coming for that fan base, and I think overall, you know, I think a lot of people have given them kind of a grade uh, of a B. Um, certainly, landing Hutchinson, the best player, the best pass rush. Uh, guy on the board is going to do big things for them, and, and I hope that's going to come to uh, come to pass. You know, the other thing we talked about was quarterbacks, Hale, and how many would be picked in the first round. Well, I didn't exactly see that one happening the way it did. Um, but, you know, I always thought Malik Willis was the more athletic quarterback, but uh, having been at the Senior Bowl and looking at um, – you know, the numbers and the comparison, uh, I've got to say that, you know, overall, I think that, you know, Pittsburgh came out okay with Kenny Pickett. I, I like his style for Pittsburgh offense, and um, I'm, I'm hopeful that he's going to, you know, get groomed, matured, and uh, be ready to make a, an impact for the Steelers right away. Absolutely, and I think he can certainly do that, especially playing in that hometown market, right, coming from. That's the other exciting thing for him, right? Definitely. Right. Yeah. And I think that's going to be great uh, for him. And I, get, I agree. I think, you know, the, the Steelers made a good choice there, too. Either way, like with a lot of these players, right? I mean, whether you pick Aiden Hutchinson first or Walker first, you know, it's like it's it's apples to apples sometimes. And sometimes, you know, we, we, we certainly use that data to be able to say, hey, this is who looks better on paper. This is what the stats and the data are telling us. But there's always that element of you just never know how someone's going to play out. Right. And so. They, these teams have to make their best educated guess and just go with their gut. Um, and, you know, that's kind of what we saw with Kenny Pickett versus Malik Willis or, you know, Hutchinson versus Walker. So you, you have those intelligent decisions that have to come in, and that's, that's always what makes it a little more fun, right? Absolutely. Um, so it's going to be an exciting year. And, um, yeah, I'm happy for Kenny Pickett. As I indicated, I'm glad – Malik Willis uh, is off to the Titans. I think uh, yeah. there's opportunity for him and his style of play. And, you know, it's always one of these things, the, you know, and Kurt Warner, you know, weighed in on that bit about, you know, the, the mentality that it's not the seniors guys, it's not up to them to mentor, you know, the, the new incoming, which I think is the wrong perspective. If you're talking mm-hmm. about a team sport, um, 
And that's that's where a conversation needs to be had between the quarterback, the head coach, quarterback coach. And if it's not about the team winning, but your own longevity um, and your own pride, then then there's a problem. Um, with the dynamics and the chemistry of the, of the squad. So I hope that, you know, Malik is going to get the mentoring, um, that he needs to make it here in the next, to make that step here in the NFL. But, uh, you know, overall, I think some squads that really looked good coming out of this draft were the Baltimore Ravens. Yep. I mean, and here's a team that only had first round picks to start, you know, talk, about, talk about, you know, they had, they picked up three studs in my opinion, uh, you know, out of the blocks there. So good for them. I was also happy to see uh, the picks that the Jets made. I think the yeah. Jets have moved the needle on their talent pool. I think the Eagles also did really well. And I think, you know, Kansas City continues to, you know, bring depth from cornerbacks uh, to, on the edge. You've got some wide receiver talent, cornerbacks again, offensive tackles. So I think, you know, overall, you know, they're in a good position. I think Green Bay had a good draft. Uh, and the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys also had a good draft. Absolutely. Yeah, there's, there's certainly a lot of, of uh, good news coming around for a lot of these teams. And, and someone that I'd personally like to shout out, you know, I think the Giants had a really good draft too. I mean, when you look at uh, uh, pick number five, they take Kayvon Thibodeau, who, in my opinion, could easily have been the first player taken off the board. I mean, he was someone that kind of fell off the radar a little bit, right, and obviously still taking fifth overall. But, you know, he, he was a guy that just had a ton of potential. Uh, and I think, you know, it's, it's someone that fell into their hands a little bit. Uh, and then they get Evan Neal tackle from from Alabama at seven yeah. overall. So they're they're investing heavily in the trenches, right? The the defensive line and the offensive line. And that's gonna be really important to winning championships and gonna be really important to turning the team around and continue to have success. So I think those are two great picks right off the bat, five and seven, and overall a really good draft. So and in addition to everyone else that you mentioned too. Yeah, no, and it's uh and it's it's a great point. They too are an organization that have been um you know marred by um, some not so great picks that have turned out uh, the last few years, um, but I look. I think uh, Daniel Jones is, is still a solid quarterback. Let's see how he comes back this year with some additional protection. Hopefully, um, some weapons that can be you know maximized overall. Um, so yeah, I think uh, it's going to be an exciting year. I think there's some really good talent that came through, and I think there's some late picks that have real good chances of um, of making the squads across a lot of these teams. So I just – one of the things about the NFL draft and, and overall, and, Hill, you, you've been there on the rosters, is oftentimes there's not a lot of difference between a guy who gets picked up in the sixth or the fourth or third round when it yeah. comes to talent. It really comes down to the evaluation and performing um, – during a mini camp, um, or and and or during the summer camp, and in making your way from, you know, sixth on the depth chart, and incre- incrementally increasing uh, to that number two or number one spot. Absolutely, yep, one hundred percent. You you said it very well there. Uh, and there isn't much difference, right? It, it all depends on whenever you get there, the work that you put in, the effort that you put in, in order to carve your playing time out and try to make it on the field somehow. And a lot of these kids are getting ready to do that, and it's going to be a long journey for them. But you know, we're we're glad that we can support in the ways that Zebra can, right, with data and tracking and things like that. And that's certainly going to play into their story, and we're happy to be a part of it. 
That we are indeed, and certainly, yes, excited for the Zebra Sports Operations team to get ready for the season here. We're starting to um, get tuned up out at the practice facilities, as well as um, making the rounds to the 30-plus venues around here um, in North America. And, of course, we're going to be playing games here in the National Football League, back in London, back in Mexico City, and uh, heading off to Deutschland. We're going to be in Germany for uh, a season, a series of games, which is kind of exciting to see the international series continue to pick up. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's, there's really just an incredible amount of interest that's happening all over the world. And you saw that, right? Whenever, um, the NFL has their, uh, overseas program. So whenever I was with Washington, we had a player, uh, who played defensive line where the NFL will bring them over for a season, basically let them be on the practice squad, but it doesn't count against their six. Right. But they get that. Yes. Yeah. And that's just, that's just phenomenal by the NFL to invest in trying to, um, branch out into different markets, right, and just understanding that this is a worldwide sport, and there's no reason why this shouldn't be the most popular sport in the world, and it, it really has that kind of um, pull, and I think what you're going to see is just so many great athletes coming from around the world to try and make their way to the NFL, um, and you're going to see just, I think this thing grow and be even a bigger uh, expansory market, and that's really something that, um, you know, it's just it's, it's great to be a part of, right? Yeah, and I mean, you you said it. Certainly, the international growth brings more awareness. It brings more um, talent pool to the NFL. And I mean, there's no question. You know, if you watch international rugby or you watch Premier League or any of the European soccer, there are some phenomenal athletes of all different shapes and sizes. And and certainly, you know, rugby talent uh, certainly can translate into some football talent. And it all comes down to exposure, right? And understanding the game either. And a lot of these guys don't grow up with it, right? But you, you hear about these really neat success stories of getting exposed to the game either in their college years. And that's the first time that they ever play American football. Um, but it is great also. And if you get on the NFL website, you can look at the international programs and the camps that are being put on for the youth into junior high and high school. And, uh, yes, you know, we're developing the next generation of footballers, American footballers, uh, if you will, um, with the international angle. So I think it's all great things. And it goes back to our team is traveling out to Germany. We're going to get that stadium ready. And, um, you know, last year we, did around the October season in London, we did the International Combine. So right to your point, Hale, is the International Combine takes place at a different part, time of the year in the fall, and then you have the American Combine with the, the collegiate um, invited athletes. And so that's where we are. We're growing the game. And going back to the major point and focus, there is an extremely, extremely uh, large talent pool of guys and, you know, you've seen it. I've been in the locker rooms um, that if you're hungry and you're a workhorse and you can take notice uh, of being the hardest working person in the room, you may have a chance from that sixth or undrafted free agent to making that squad. So it's going to be an exciting year. Now, if we will go back and we look at the draft here, uh, what are some of the clubs that um, you can put a focus on where you don't think they, they truly maximized uh, the potential of this year's draft. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, some of the ones that uh, jump out to me right off the bat, you know, I, I would have to talk about um, the New, New Orleans Saints, right? I mean, I think they are uh, obviously 
a great program um, and one that I think got some really good picks right off the bat. So Chris Olave, great Ohio State player, really good yes. receiver. Can be good for a long time. Um, but, you know, they, they traded away a lot of future capital uh, before the mm-hmm. draft to secure uh, another first-round pick this year, which is which is all good. Got it uh, tackled Trevor Penning from Northern Iowa. Um, and certainly, you know, he's a, he's a great player. It's just it's always hard, right, to trade away bodies, trade away a lot of people for one or two guys, especially when they are unproven. I think that's that's what's very hard. Um, and certainly something that, you know, you see it right whenever people trade away draft picks, like looking at the Dolphins or, or whoever, right, didn't have as many draft picks, but got guys like Tyreek Hill, who obviously are very proven. So just from the standpoint of not having as many bodies, I think the New Orleans Saints, you know, we'll see if that ends up being worth it, right? But I, I, I think it could be. It's just a matter of time. So I'll put them more as kind of like a, a question mark, per se. Um, and then, again, more people who are in the crossroads, I'll throw out the Seattle Seahawks, obviously had the trade with Russell Wilson, um, and that's really going to be a, a turning point for them. But, you know, you see – Got a couple of good players. They got a tackle in Charles Cross from Mississippi State. I think he's a fine player uh, at number nine overall. Um, and I think they had a good pickup in Kenneth Walker the third, a Michigan State player. But, you know, as you look at some of these other players, you know, it's just, it, again, it's just kind of hard to see how they're going to fit in maybe to the team, um, what's going to happen post-Russell Wilson trade. Um, but, you know, it's just, it's it's kind of, you know, it's it's to be foreseen, I guess you could say. What What about you? Yeah, no, I like your perspective there. I think that's sound. Um, when I look at the, the, the 32 teams and some of the outcomes, my attention on the less impressed side turns to the Washington Commanders, uh, one of your former teams, and the New England Patriots. Um, but, you know, the Commanders, um, I thought it was just a little bit weird, uh, you know, in, in that first round, instead of staying put for an ideal wideout like Chris Olave, they traded down and reached a little for Dotson's big play speed. Sure. Um, and then, you know, I think just the rest of the, the the draft for them was, you know, as pop culture would say, was meh. You know, I mean, I think they just forced um, a reach, and um, we'll have to see. We're just going to have to see, but yeah. I don't think it was an impressive draft. And then on the Patriots side, um, yeah, I, I just, um, hey, let's, we all know that Bill Belichick can take, um, what you and I may not see as the top graded tiered talent and turn that into a championship football team. So I will, I will right now grade them lower than the others, but at the end of the day, what counts is what what starts in September and finishes in January slash February. Absolutely. Absolutely, yep. And as you see, right, I mean, these coaches, these teams, they have a plan that it's not always privy to us. It's just outsiders looking in, but it's it's all a part of just the, hey, you know, how's it going to work out? What's it going to look like? And, um, you know, someone else that I'll throw out here, um, you know, obviously the Colts, had a trade for Carson Wentz, cost him a first-round pick. Um, and I think they had a really good day, too, uh, and got some really solid players. But, you know, not having a pick on day one, that, that always hurts, right? And obviously for someone that um, is no longer on the team, that even hurts even more. So I think that's just something that, you know, they, they're licking their wounds a little bit right now, and we'll see how it how it moves forward. I like it. And, you know, hey, let me let me just for a second talk about my birthplace team, the Cleveland Browns. Um, certainly, 
they're still sorting out this quarterback situation <laughs> with Baker still on the uh, the payroll and the roster. Um, I do have to say, you know, overall, maybe I give him a B on the grade. Um, but I think they, they did finally something in which they copied the, the Bengals on. And I think they, they drafted a very capable kicker. Absolutely. And as we know, mm-hmm. you know, I know, um, you watch playoff football, kickers win ball games. Absolutely. In the clutch. Now it's always, it's a team sport. It's 11 on 11. But when you go into that down, you want somebody who goes lights out. And you want an ice man, and I'm hoping that, you know, the day will come for the Browns that when they're in that situation, it's um, it's going to be a lot more automatic than a few Hail Marys. Absolutely, yeah. And I think you really see – I think we're going to start to see kickers continue to move up and up as far as potential of being drafted higher and higher. Just because, like you said, I mean, every time they go out there, they're scoring points. The yes. most important thing in the NFL is getting points on the board no matter what way. It's such a game that's – you know, more so than college or high school. It's, it's oftentimes games are won by one point, two points, three points, you know, seven points, right? It's just every single point counts. And what you see a lot of times in the NFL is whenever kickers miss, um, you know, the extra point. Oh, or gosh, just, the extra point. Yeah. I mean, that's, it, it's, it's just. It's more it's, and more common. Right? Yeah, exactly. So you, you really need to start investing in some of these guys who are proven kickers. You do. They've made great kicks down in clutch, right? Cade York from LSU has clearly made some big kicks in his time um, and certainly a great pick at 124 overall. So yes. I think you start to see clubs investing in people and not so much right in the physical aspect, but investing in the mental aspect. You know, what's their mentality? Are they kind of like Kobe Bryant where they just have that killer mentality and when they go out there, they're going to make it 100% and that's just the way that they think. Or are they a little more reserved? You know, I think clubs are going to start to really just weigh into – um, the, the, the mental side of it too. And that's a big part of the draft process as well. Yeah. And that's a great point. And, um, I think you're spot on and I subscribe to that, that overall way of handling the roster and a draft and the philosophy is when it comes to folks that can, that can earn you points, you, it's an investment, right? You invest in, in your, in your playmakers, you invest in your offensive line, you invest in a defensive line. You know, every player has the potential to be make a, a game winning impact. Um, and certainly you you want to take the best available when it comes to your kickers. Um, and a lot of teams fall short, I think, in that philosophy. But to your point, um, I think we're going to see more and more investment in realizing that as defenses get better or if it's harder to score um, to get within the red zone, you need somebody with an, you know, <laughs> a Justin Tucker, lights out, um, Vinatieri, Gustavski. You, mean, you think about all the clutch players in this modern era, um, and you think they were just automatic. And that's what you need here in today's NFL. Absolutely. Yep. Extremely well said there. And um, there, there are also players, you know, that, that might be on your team for 20 years. You know, who knows, right? Like yeah. they have the uh, they have the most, you know, upside when it comes to longevity, um, them and punters. Right. And it's and the um, long snapper. Or, yes. Yeah. Or if you're and they're all working together. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that's really something that, you know, you're really going to start to see clubs, I think, just pay more and more attention to it. And it's a good change, right? It's a good change for the game. And clearly, you know, we have we have the stats and the data behind that to show, you know, uh, 
percentage of kicks being made over a certain distance, right? Or, um, you know, all kinds of different metrics that we can measure to make sure that kickers are uh, rightfully appraised for who they are and what they can do. Absolutely. Yep. Wow. A lot of good time spent on kickers, but um, <laughs> it is the today's NFL. You you can you can win and lose on a kick, and so you want to be on the side that's winning with your kicker, no question about it. All right, Hale. Um, other um, other points, items on this draft before we uh, we call this uh, episode in the books and prepare ourselves for some of the rookie review come June. Yeah, I got one qu- one more question for you, Adam, and if okay. you have um, you know some of these in mind already, great. If not, um, I can give you a couple while you're uh, thinking of yours. But I want to really focus on some of the guys that were drafted later on. So, who there's always you know one or two guys maybe that they they go undrafted, maybe they're fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round picks. Did anyone stand out to you as you know this is a great pickup uh, late in the draft? think they have a chance to potentially play day one of the NFL? Was there anyone out there that you saw that was like, hey, you know, this person could really slide in into their starting role uh, and have a chance to start as a rookie? Anyone like that that you see? All right. So I would have to say if you go into the fourth round, um, now this is this one's interesting, but this is a punter. This is Jake Camarda from Georgia. Uh, he was at the Senior Bowl, had the pleasure of uh, watching him practice, play, um, take his metrics, and uh, he's got a good he's got a good boot. Yeah. So I think again, you know, special teams. Um, you pin somebody deep. Uh, it's an important it's an important part of the job and the morale and the overall schema. So I think uh, you know Jake was a great uh, pickup. Um, I got to go back and I got to find out my guy Tariq Woolen where he got picked up within the draft yeah so absolutely. let me turn it over to you who 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 comes to mind yeah I'll, I'll um throw out kind of an anomaly something that does not happen very often uh, but I will mention Ohio State tight end Jeremy Rucker who got drafted 101st overall to the Jets um you know I think it's really hard for a um all-around tight end, someone who can block really well and catch and run, to see the field immediately just because it can be really hard to physically compete playing at tight end because you have to do everything just okay, right? Like No one's asking you to block like a tackle, and no one's really asking you to run as fast as a receiver, but that's what's required of you uh, to play tight end. And I think you know it can be really hard for someone who has their foot in both camps, like Ruckert does being – you know, an all-around tight end, like when we think of, like, Jason Witten or someone like Mark Andrews from Baltimore, right? Guys that yeah. just do a really good job in both aspects. And I think, um, you know, I think he's got the potential to play day one. Um, the Jets certainly uh, have some good tight ends on the roster. But I think I watched him play a lot at Ohio State. And I've really been impressed with his ability to, you know, create separation and running routes and also to move people off the line of scrimmage. And I think he's got – physical tools and gifts to be able to make that jump a little better maybe than some of the other tight ends that were drafted ahead of him, even though there's a lot of good ones out there. Don't get me wrong, but I just think he feels that niche of being an all-around tight end exceptionally well um, and certainly has the background of playing against really good players at Ohio State. You know, yeah. Aiden Hutchinson, right, for four years or however long they went against each other. So he's got that experience, uh, and I think you'll see him come into it day one and be a good player. 
Yeah, no, that's a that's a great um, that's a great pick. Certainly close to your heart on the tight ends side, but the analysis is is is, is perfect. You're right. Playing Ohio State, you play all the big all the big teams, so you're playing against other NFL potential talent and NFL talent in reality. Um, I like it, and you know me from the Buckeye State. Always love to see uh, Ohio okay. State uh, folk do well and make that journey. So I mentioned Tariq Woolen. He was yep. picked in the fifth round, 153rd, by the Seattle Seahawks. Nice. So Tariq Woolen is the perfect player for a Pete Carroll to mold. Um, they've got a type and a fit out there, right? And and I say this, Tariq Woolen is like 6'2". He run, he's the fastest player in the tracking era of the senior bowl. The dude can move. I mean, he's got 4-2 speed. He is fast. He's cornerback, defensive back at 6-2. I think if he puts some additional muscle on and he's able to maintain the speed, um, he could be part of that next, uh, that next reincarnated Legion of Boom in the backfield there of the defensive core. So I'm curious. I'm interested to see how it's going to work out for him. I think he's coachable. He had uh, good good seasons at University of Texas San Antonio. You know, um, the talent level that he played up against, you know, they're going to say it's not the Ohio State level caliber, but he definitely played up against some good talent. But I think he's got the size, the fit, the profile. He's coachable. That Pete Carroll and that defense can mold him into a very successful defensive-minded player. Agreed. Um, and I think one thing that a lot of people overlook, too, where he's going to make an immediate impact is also on special teams. Yes. I mean, talk about a guy who could, you know, play gunner on punt. And yes. Hunter hangs it up there, and he can go down and chase it and, you know, tackle him inside the five, right, kickoff return, kickoff. You know, maybe he can return punts, right, you know, all, all kinds of things. So they're licking their chops, looking at him and being like, man, this guy – He's a speedster. Uh, yes. He can play special teams. He's rangy. He's long. Uh, and certainly, I agree. I think he's a he's a a great candidate for being able to play day one. So great choice there. All right. Yep. I am with you. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, Hale, I'm looking forward to our next session. Come in the middle of June. And uh, we'll be talking about some of that rookie talent. And then I think in July, we're going to get into a little more of the technology focus that we're seeing across the NFL, specifically what we're doing for the collection of player tracking data to feed next-gen stats. But also, I want to talk about the subject of the digital athlete and everything that is out there in today's world. Um, And we can compare that to where things were even just five years ago or three years ago when you were playing in the league and how much of a jump we're seeing in the advancement of technology and wearable devices and how it will impact player performance and the future of player performance. Absolutely. Those sound like great topics and certainly ones that are close to the heart of Zebra Technologies. And, um, you know, as always, it's been a pleasure, Adam, talking to you about uh, everything that's going on in the NFL and how Zebra is involved in that. Uh, it's just certainly been a fun storyline to manage over these past couple of months, and I'm looking forward to our next conversations. I agree, Hale. Looking forward to it as well. All right. Well, until then, I want to thank our listeners for tuning in and remind you to subscribe to the Your Edge blog and podcast by visiting www.zebra.com slash blog and clicking on subscribe in the right-hand column. We wouldn't want you to miss a single episode of Chalk Talk, your source for exclusive tech-informed sports facts 
I'm Hale Hentges. And I'm Adam Petrus. Signing off until next time. Thanks. Cheers.